somebody stop me. Welcome to Cypherspeak, Artifacts, Ciphers, and Podities. I'm here today with my co-host Darcy, who is a hyper stream queen who bears a Vizlay's mask. And I'm here with my co-host Troy, a moonwalking teenager who travels through time. And this is Cypherspeak. So today we're going to cover the mask forms, how did these affect character creations, and a handful of the flavors for Unmasked to see how you can kind of use Unmasked in different ways. So general rules for supers were included in the Cypher System rulebook and have been elaborated on differently in both Unmasked and Gods of the Fall, which were funded by the worlds of the Cypher System Kickstarter in March 2016. Uh, Gods of the Fall was Bruce Cordell's take, depicting players learning to channel their own divine powers, while Dennis Detweiler's Unmasked keeps you grounded, splitting time between your mundane team form and your superpowered mask form, but you don't really know who's in charge. Mm-hmm. So, Troy, do you want to talk to us a little more about uh, like the details of these mask forms? Because they're pretty unique in the system. Absolutely. You know, the interesting thing about these masked forms and unmasked is that it kind of gives your players a duality. So you play these teenagers, uh, otherwise known and referenced as prodigies. uh, So you might hear us kind of talk about that throughout the episode today, who kind of realize they have this weird sight as it's presented in unmasked. They, they look around and see this aura or this glow around objects and other prodigies and things like that. Um, so these, these objects are uh, the various ciphers from the game, and they're also generally the things that they're drawn to to create their mask to some degree, right? I believe that that's kind of some of the things mm-hmm. that they try to pull together. And that kind of leads into they're drawn to create this mask form. Uh, so everyone's mask form is different. It's not like everyone finds the Iron Man faceplate and puts it on and gets superpowers. It's, you know, you find, I don't know, a bunch of natural stuff like leaves and twigs and, and, you know, branches and make some sort of nature druidic type mask. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, something that's very mechanical, you know, gears and various parts and things like that tape from a cassette tape that you unwind or a, something. <laughs> yeah and just it kind of wraps around your face like a mummy mm-hmm. like a cassette tape mummy there you go I that like would that be my visual. Mask. That's, that's that's good yeah <laughs> um so so that's that's what gets them their mask form once they've kind of assembled all of these things to create their mask and the interesting thing is is that the mask and the teen are the same person but they are different. Everything changes when you put on the mask. So sometimes what the mask wants may align with the teens, but sometimes it may be pulling them in different directions. For instance, you know, uh, a teen may really want to study for their test and get this homework done, you know, and, and get a good grade because that's important to them as a teenager. But the mask doesn't care about the homework at all. You know, so if the mask form takes over, they're going to go do some superpower stuff and, you know, kind of leave the teen hanging. Yeah. Um, so something that I didn't realize until um, I was reading this, rereading this was like, um, you, you know, I was trying to understand this dual nature, right, of uh, prodigies 
are and aren't their mask form. Um, so, and one thing the book was saying is that your, their mask forms often kind of represent like a repressed part of them, of the person, right? So not, not always, but if you are a, uh, sort of bookish Hermione type, uh, like young Darcy was growing up, my mask form might've been something that was like very brash and like about breaking the rules or like really strong, sort of emphasized something other than like, like intellect, right? That, that I was sort of. As, as a teen, right, I was, like, pouring myself into. So um, it, I think that's how you get away with, like, the mask forms are doing stuff that are still, like, technically within the range of what the teen might want, but it's something they're trying not to want or something, right? So I think that's that was a helpful understanding for my uh, grasping the, the dual, dual nature bit. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. Uh, you know, so, yeah, you kind of have this dual nature and that's what drives you know the the teen and the mask at odds sometimes because yeah like you said maybe it's something the teen doesn't even know they want right. um you know so so that's pretty interesting uh you know so so eventually you make this mask as a prodigy you put it on and your body generally transforms sort of <laughs> or morphs or teleports or you know it's it's kind of unclear right exactly what happens right but like when you morph back you know if your mask form body is like riddled with bullets um your teen body comes back and it's okay so something happens to it uh where it's sort of protected from the chaos that your mask form might do which is very good to know uh (laughs) yeah 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 so yeah it's definitely not you know, not the same body, but it's not, you know, it's not completely different either. So, yeah, it's this interesting kind of, yeah, dichotomy between between the two. But the mask form can be, you know, humanoid. It could be alien. Uh, it could be a big giant snail, um, you know, uh, a, maybe even like a bunch of nanites. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who knows? It can kind of manifest in a lot of a lot of different ways. Um, and when you come back, the interesting thing is that your mask form and your teen have different pools and damage tracks and recovery rolls and all of that right. stuff. So it really does from a mechanics as well as a narrative perspective separates these two beings, basically. So that way, you know, it is, it, it is you know, you come back and like as the teen, you're like, well, I don't really know what happened, but hey, I feel fine. Time to go home and go to bed or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I want to talk about character creation um, since you have this kind of dual nature, right? Um, Which is something we've almost seen with The Strange, right? Where um, you have different aspects of your character sentence and your mechanics that change when you uh, translate to different recursions. So um, in Unmasked, we have your, your teen form, uh, which you you build by giving them a name, a descriptor, uh, skills, and a background connection. Um, and that background connection a lot of times is like where, you know, sort of where you fit in that town that we talked about last episode that you built, right? Like, um, you know, your connection might be like, I'm kind of from the wrong side of the tracks or, uh, you know, I'm the varsity, you know, captain of the, like varsity football league or whatever um, team. I know, I know football words. I'm good at this. Uh, I guess it could be a league if it's the other kind of football, right? Yeah, there you go. 
I think they all have teams, Darcy. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, your teen is very much like tying you to the, that mundane world. And so I might be Darcy, uh, a bookish prodigy who's skilled in um, elven script and uh, like, I don't know, Linux at that point. Very bad, at, you know, very minor <laughs> Linux skill at that point. Um, I was very cool in high school. I'll have you all know. Uh, <laughs> you, you still are, Darcy. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so, so then we get into the more outlandish, right, character generation of your mask form. Um, so I'm calling this Skin City because this is a whole section of the book that is not like oodles of options, but is instead... Um, some options and lots and lots of examples of how to take whatever cipher system books you have so far, which might just be the cipher system rule book, and and get walks you through many many examples of how to, uh, like how to tweak that and skin it and give it fluff to fit the kind of superhero that you're trying to build. So I thought this section was really cool because um, something with supers is like sometimes I feel kind of limited um, when I'm looking at like a superhero core rule book because they're like you have to be like a fast one or like you've got to be you know they give you these archetypes and a lot of times I want to do something off the wall and so uh, that's a little bit the way I felt about um, masks their playbooks I think they're they're probably very good and they're but they're very tuned to a specific kind of like I'm playing this kind of archetype uh, superhero and I might just not be familiar enough with Dungeon World to figure out how to make those work for my character concepts but in Unmasked it, it, that whole section of building your mask is like tons of like re- just really good like kind of game design advice I would say so I, I don't know did what, what did you think when you're reading it no absolutely there's a there's a lot of bits and pieces in there and one thing that I will maybe suggest to listeners who are fans of superheroes and want some thoughts on just different powers and stuff if you can get a copy I'm sure it's still online in PDF for sure of uh Cubicle 7's Wild Talents Mm. game. Uh, It's a one-roll engine game, but it's a superhero game, and it's kind of the same thing. You basically have points to buy whatever superhero powers you want, but there's huge, like, lists of superhero powers. So if you're just like, "Uh, I need, like, some inspiration for what my hero's core power can be, and I don't want to just be, like, the fast guy or the strong woman or whatever... Like there's just all kinds of like really interesting powers in there and and you'll be like, oh yeah, that's like those two powers. I want to be able to be a short range teleporter and have claws or something like that, you know? Um, So, so yeah, I think that it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of wild talents as far as like being kind of a toolbox to put together and build your own supers. Absolutely. Um, So your mask form is going to have a name, a descriptor, a type, a focus and skills. It's like your teen, but but with a type and a focus, and um, yeah, and probably its own skills and and descriptor, right? So I thought the types were the most interesting bit, and so that's where they they walk you through. Um, you know, I think in our intro episode for Unmass, we probably talked about the different types, but there's stuff like. Um, I'm totally forgetting the names now, like Bruiser and uh, I think Smasher. Smasher. We're good at this. Um, uh, you've got the smasher, the mover, the changer, smasher, mover, shaper. 
so those are the types, which are great. And they and they show you how they um modify some of the base types in the cipher system rulebook, right? Like your adept and stuff. Um, but they walk you through each tier and they talk about uh, you know, any modifications they make as you as you move up in those types, like how they differ from the cipher system rulebook base. But then like pepper throughout them, they take you through examples of so if you just moved up to tier two, you could take these two abilities and like they give you a character concept, right? They're like, Susie is, uh, her mask form is, you know, this name with this shtick. Here's how she would modify these uh, abilities to really, really, really fit her character. And so one of my favorite examples that I saw was like hedge magic, which is like a really early, um, like vaguely magic usery type person uh it's like one of their really early abilities in tier one and so it's it's basically like make some fancy lights appear or like you know turn something (laughs) a different color like really basic uh mostly fluff little magical uh flourishes right and so the example they gave for for one of these characters was like they're here and so like they they gave it this name that's like from an 80s movie right uh from the shining right (laughs) yeah right I'm good at this. I, I, yeah, I think so. And then, um, and so, but the, and so, they skin it to be like, okay, the the kind of stuff you're hedge magicking is like kind of creepy '80s horror movie type stuff. So it's like you're making like TV crackle and stuff, and you're making something kind of appear in a hallway and creep someone out, right? So um, I just I really loved how much they like how many examples they gave of like please skin this to fit your character it will make the game more fun and like I really learned best through examples especially on this sort of thing so um I was really really grateful to see so many examples because like I don't know some some uh, rule books will be like yeah you can like make this into anything you want and I'm like that's not helpful I know I can always make anything I want I got a rule book <laughs> and so man this section is just uh like so inspiring. So I was really, really pleased. Um, so that's just type. I just ranted at you about type for a while. Um, but there are other important, uh, another important aspect of being a super is having power shifts, right? So we talked about how this game takes a different take on supers from, uh, Gods of the Fall, uh, which, which also has power shifts. Um, so let's see, my succinct description of power shifts is that they give you, uh, multiple levels of free effort in certain things, right? So if you're, a real strong god or superhero, you could take a power shift in strength. And so tasks related to strength-based things, picking up cars, etc., might have one to three levels of, you know, uh, free effort. So you're just, you know, on, on a, you know, level three difficulty task, you would uh, automatically succeed if you have three levels of uh, power shifts in it. And one thing I really liked that uh, I think is like, is mentioned in the Cypher System rulebook and Gods of the Fall is like power shifts can really be, there's not a defined list of them, right? And so you should really get creative in sort of tuning this to your character too. So one of the examples they gave was like aquatic, right? So all like tasks related to aquatic stuff you could be good at. And that's, I think it's a really effective way to make weird character types that you want to make that you, you know, might have a difficult time working into a system that had defined skill lists, but this this just lets you be kind of comic book about it, right? Like, my shtick is that I'm good at aquatic stuff and, like, esoteric comics books knowledge, right? So, like, anytime I can work that in, I'm, like, real good at it. Like, it just, it automatically makes me, you know, the narrative will say, this makes sense to use your power shift or not. So, um, I really dug that, and I, I like that they 
push people to get creative with that because I don't know that um, it, it's been super clear for people that power shifts are totally flexible. Right. You know, I, I think that maybe the best way to think about power shifts is they're kind of like skills in, in the way mm-hmm. that you kind of just pick a thing. And as long as you and the game master agree that it's not like too broad, like I have a power shift in everything. Right. right. You know, I mean, <laughs> or basket weaving, not too narrow too. Right. Right. Not, not too, not too narrow, not too broad. Get in that Goldilocks zone of, you know, breath and you know, that's where your power shift can be. It doesn't have to be from a defined list. Mm-hmm. So uh, tell us what your power shifts would be. I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and one final mechanic that um, of relevance to how we're mechanically defining superheroes in this game is called pushing it. And I love this so much. So it is a simple little mechanic they introduce where you spend two XP to move a power shift from one category to another. I think this is so comic booky. This is actually something that I've kind of uh, like done in my games before, um, where I, I let people spend XP to like bend the rules of one of their abilities or kind of use an ability early um, be- because of that comic booky feel, right? Like if I want a game where you know, in one session where it's just awesome for Peter Parker to figure out how to do this cool thing with his web. And we don't really want to care too much for like future episodes of like, why didn't he do that all the time? <laughs> right? Why, why didn't Hogwarts kids know that spell or think to use that spell in that situation? You know, it's just rule of cool. I want to, I'm willing to spend a very valuable resource to be able to do this cool, slightly beyond my abilities thing right now and not again. Um, I love that. And so, yeah, so pushing it is basically like if you are um, if you're the Flash and you are going real fast and you've got I don't know I don't know the Flash likes a lot of girls I don't know who his main his main is but uh, well huh uh, I, the the Flash Flash I don't know you could just use Wally and Artemis oh yeah Wally and Artemis okay so uh, Artemis is about to Artemis has just uh, been like. I don't know, captured or died or something horrible happened to her. And Wally's like, no. And so he uses his super fast powers. He has he has five shifts, power shifts in I'm real fast, okay? And so he spends 10 XP pushing those over to I can time travel, right? Sure. Or something, yeah. or like, you know, bending time, right? Uh, and so... You, you move it to another ability and then you describe how you're using that ability in a very strange way, exerting yourself like a whole lot to uh, to run so fast that you rewind time, right? Or something like that. And so why doesn't he do that all the time? Because he's pushing it. And because that's not really his skill set. It's something he can do in dire circumstances, maybe. Yeah. And, and the other thing here, too, is that you can get creative in this use, right? I mean, rewind time is one way that you could solve that problem, but... Maybe the other way is Wally, you know, spends a bunch of power shifts from speed to surgery. Yeah, totally. Right? So, like, he can do, like, super fast surgery, right? Like, he applies his speed powers on a micro scale to be able to save Artemis, you know, from whatever horrific wound has happened. That's a great example. So we're talking about all these characters, uh, and before I jump into game flavors, uh, I'm just curious what you think 
like where else could we apply this sort of duality of where you have a a simple kind of character, you know, which is the prodigy and unmasked. And then you have like more of a kind of what we consider a full, you know, cipher character with, you know, descriptor type and focus, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to have supers, but you know, what, do you have any thoughts on what we could use that for? I think that's a great question. Um, one that occurs to me that like a Buffy style mm. where vampires and witches and vampire hunters, but also we go to school and we like, or yeah. we, we have some sort of, I, I think any game where you have some kind of mundane um, like persona that you have to sort of keep up, you know, it's interesting because you like compared to Buffy um, a lot of times, like Buffy's super strength, she can still use as her teen form, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, although there there may be consequences, right? Maybe what you do, you know, if you if you don't have as firm a boundary between your mundane form and your other form, maybe it's just that like consequences happen when you start u- borrowing from your other form, right? Like someone might notice, and that can be bad for you. You have a threat rating, right? You start, people right, start getting yeah. suspicious if you keep picking up cars <laughs> as a teen. Yeah. Um, and that, that could be what keeps you from doing it. Um, yeah. What ideas do you have? Um, so I have two ideas. Uh, the first is uh, the Matrix. Ooh, I love that. Right. So when you're outside in the real, you're just mostly a person, right? I mean, you probably have some skills and stuff, but you're, you, you, you know, you're essentially a, just a descriptor. You don't have a lot of special powers or whatever um but then when you jack into the matrix right and this could be any like virtual world versus the real right you know then you have all of these crazy super abilities you know so you go into the matrix and you have you know a crazy type and power shifts up the wazoo and dodging bullets Mm -hmm. and or whatever it is um so so that's one that i thought was interesting and then the other one is just for you darcy oh boy um, so, so this one is, uh, your, your like normal self is a, just a person, an everyday person. Um, and then, uh, your, uh, descriptor, uh, type focus self is, uh, somebody on a action adventure TV show. Ooh. Right. So this is kind of like getting a little bit towards like your real life you know, kind of Mundania like Mundania game. Mundania game. Oh. You know, so like you have like this like Mundania thing, but then they have to go like act on a TV show and then they're completely different, right? Because on the TV show, they can pull off all kinds of crazy stuff because, hey, it's a TV show. That's amazing. And, and the boundary there would be really great, right? Because you don't have like rigging and stunts and like pyrotechnics available for, to you outside of it. I really like <laughs> right. that. So you'd almost have two kind of interwoven plots right like the you'd be playing out what's happening on tv or whatever or um this might work really perfectly for my secret desire to have an opera game right because like opera is so highly dramatic and redonkulous and then opera personalities (laughs) are so highly dramatic and redonkulous that like because you'd have like backstabbing on stage and you'd have backstabbing off stage and trying to sabotage each other's careers oh it's so good I right. we yeah, should play you know, that. And yeah, so there you go. That one uh that was kind of just for Thank you. Thank you. That is important. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Tell us about flavors and tones for this game. Yeah, so 
you know, when, when you're going through, we talked about this uh, quite a bit last time, you know, you're kind of building the town and we talked about today, the fluff of the powers and you set up your threats and, and all of this stuff, you have like a ton of control over what's happening in your game. So another thing that the book does is it talks about what, what sort of tone do you want your game to take? So the default tone is sort of a horror-ish mode. You know, that that's kind of what it refers to in a lot of cases, what some of the preset like threats and stuff revolve around. And basically, in that case, the prodigies and their enemies are terrifying. You know, it's not it's not the Avengers where everybody's like, Yay, Captain mm-hmm. America. It's like, oh my God, I know that person isn't trying to kill me, but they're still terrifying. I'm running away from them. Yeah. You know, so like like all of the forms are are somehow beyond humanity. Right. You know, what does that mean? It means that nobody just like really looks like a person with, um, you know, a mask on. They have something else going on, some weird aura, or they just look like big and disfigured, or they don't look human at all. Um, you know, and. and I think with this, you, you can pull a lot from any sort of like Cthulhu genre, mm-hmm. you know, kind of keep the PCs jumping, uh, mix up what they think they understand, uh, you know, like, oh, we know who the bad guys are, and then they're not the bad guys, or there's somebody controlling them or, or something like that, you know, kind of sprinkle in some mystery almost mm-hmm. to kind of keep the horror and suspense uh, going, you know, throw in some twists and cliffhangers and things like that. You know, the next is, you know, honestly, one of the reasons that a lot of us read comic books or not maybe necessarily read comic books, but, you know, get out of comics is kind of this fantasy of power, right? We think about we're going to be a superhero and, you know, we can do all this amazing stuff. So it's power fantasy to some degree, Um, you know, so all of the PCs have amazing superpowers. They're also teenagers and you know have all of the emotions and things to do that teenagers have and what do you do with all of this power right mm-hmm. you know if if we all had unlimited cosmic power what would we do you know would we be peter parker right and with great power comes great responsibility or you know would we do something not so great um you know, so I mean, I think that that's the interesting thing that you can kind of go through with this is do they just use their power to like get what they want, right? Like I need, you know, money to buy stuff or, you know, or I want to be admired by the town or um, I I just want, you know, Samantha to like me, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever it is. I want to impress uh, my know, dad or something, right? Right, yeah, you know. A, a ton of different things, but they're really driven by, you know, pretty base, you know, desires maybe in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately what this, this game probably focuses on is like big over the top end of the world type threats, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So this is a little bit more like your Avengers, right? You know, maybe the, maybe the mask forms aren't even secret. Maybe they don't have secret identities or super secret identities. You know, maybe people know who they are and, you know, they're like the celebrities of the school and then they have to go out and like stop the world from ending when stuff happens, you know, or they do have secret identities, but 
you know, that that's still, that's kind of what it focuses around is everybody still admires Spider-Man for being Spider-Man, even though nobody knows he's Peter Parker. So I think that's, you know, kind of close to like what I'd consider, you know, like kind of the quote unquote traditional four color type comic book genre, mm-hmm. you know, and then next is kind of a teen comedy type of game. You know, so if you want a little lighter game, you know, that's a little bit more slapstick or off the wall, you know, take any like teen comedy movie, right, that that you've watched or go watch some from the 80s and you then throw in that they have superpowers on top of it. I mean, a lot of this is, again, Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he has like all of this weird stuff going on. Um and he can't get his life right and has all of these weird things happen to him, some of them because he's a superhero. Um, So, you know, it might be like, you know, you're doing your your big super jump and you go to land in the the three-point superhero landing and you just face plant on the ground, right? Mm Because you're an awkward teenager. Squirrel Girl is another great inspiration for this, I think. (laughs) Yes, yes, Squirrel Girl is great. She's sort of early college, but is... It's very co- high on the comedy. It's also great in case you haven't uh-huh. read it. Yes, yes, absolutely. You are correct. You know, and then on top of it, they might be like saving the world and then like using their superpowers for like little things. Like, you know, we need beer for our party. And the right. the fast mover is like, oh yeah, I'll get some beer. He doesn't tell him how, right? And then he just like zooms through the store. Nobody even notices. And he's out the door with, you know, a couple cases of beer mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, you know, so I, I think that it could just be, you know, you could have this levity between kind of like, you know, fighting whatever the threat is and then just doing these silly little mundane type things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so upbeating, exciting, broad stories. And, you know, every once in a while, I think what makes these kind of stories special is you have all of this kind of comedy beats and then you throw in like some really serious tones just once in a while to really like add that gravity to the game. Cool. I like that. I'm, I'm kind of imagining super bad, uh, the movie yeah. as with like if you added yep. some like yeah. low level superpowers, <laughs> you know they're trying to get beer for the party. They're trying to mask their identity. Um, you could you could easily have made that. Um, so one question I have for you about teen comedy is I feel like failure is an important. You need a lot of failure in teen comedies for some of those beats. Like you know you need the person to face plant instead of. Uh, instead of land in ways that, you know, competent super, you, you almost want a little more incompetence, I guess, than you necessarily want in some of these other tones. Would you introduce that via like GM intrusions? Would you let them just narrate some uh, incompetence themselves? How would you handle that? Give them fewer power um, shifts? I don't know. I think that, you know, through GM intrusions to some degree uh, or just making failure a little more interesting, um, I I think that the interesting thing there is you don't necessarily want them to fail at the big stuff. Right. Right. You want them to look like they, they still accomplish their tasks and their goals, but, you know, when they do fail... Make it spectacular. Mm, that's interesting. If we were playing a regular superhero game and somebody jumps off like a high tower and uh, 
you know, fails their role, you know, maybe you just say, oh, you, you know, you, you fall from the height, you don't control yourself, you kind of smash into the ground, um, you know, but where if you do it in the teen comedy, you say, yes, you fall from the height, you, you think you have the landing spotted and you, you face plant and the villain, uh, basically like covers his face and snickers at you. Mm-hmm right to like drive home like some of that like embarrassment cool. um factor um there is a movie like that's sort of super poweredish weird that i can't remember but it's like a boy needs to fight a whole bunch of like bad guys uh for... scott pilgrim versus, yes. versus the world or whatever yes yes like that's probably another good one, that's right? A great that example. kind of, you know, touches on that, like you know, teen comedy slash superpower high school. Very, that's a great one. Yes, I can. I'm like, oh, I know it's something. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I mean, that that's kind of you know, I think a take on some of the flavors and things that that we can you know do with with unmasked. Absolutely. Um... I've been reading Tom King's uh, Batman run right now, and it is it is like a romance, and it is great. So I also suspect that there's like cool romance tones, but I've really like played a romance RPG that where it's really at the forefront. Um, but I bet you, you know, I bet that's doable here too. So uh, yeah, I'm sure you could tell us your your hot romance tips for us. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Darcy needs all the hot romance tips. Uh, please email all your romance tips to <laughs> to try. <laughs> uh, excellent. So this has been Building Your Mask. Uh, we dove into some of the, the specifics and the mechanics, I think, that make uh, Unmasked such a cool game and what we're really excited to try out because I don't think either of us have gotten to play it yet, right? Uh, I have not, yeah. no. Uh, I would like to. Let's do that soon. Uh, but let's get into some podities. I think this is fun. So uh, first, we wanted to shout out Down With D&D, another of our lovely Misdirected Mark Podcast Network shows. Do you want to introduce it, Troy? Sure. Uh, Down With uh, D&D, Chris and the Mad Wizard, Sean Merwin, dish about everything D&D with a focus on the brand and the newest edition of the world's most popular tabletop RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they talk everything D and D. So you know, we talk everything Cipher, and they kind of do the same for D and D. They even shouted out Darcy on a recent episode. Nah, they're good, um, they're good so, dudes. You know, they they were talking about Planescape, so ah, of course Darcy came up. Yes. Um, so uh, this week uh, we have a podity. My podity is if you are interested in Invisible Sun, uh, there is a invisible sun stream from monica games that is going up on twitch every friday mm-hmm. look at that mm-hmm. i even know the day look at that uh <laughs> 7 p.m pacific there you Five. go 7 p.m Nine pacific Central. you'll have to do the time zone uh you know <laughs> dance uh, dance there uh but so if you're interested in checking out invisible sun uh you get to see you know monty gming uh a couple of the fabulous mcg uh crew through uh invisible sun including our very own darcy ross mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, so if you're interested in Invisible Sun, you should definitely uh, check that out. Uh, I have not gotten to watch either of the episodes yet, but I am sure it is awesome. <laughs> Uh, it is awesome. It's very fabulous. There's a lot of good fashion in it, um, which is delightful. <laughs> and, you know, there, uh, what is it? What's the, uh, there is no peace. There is only fashion. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun. And what's really cool is it's all pre-recorded, so it's very beautiful to watch. But we, uh, the like the whole cast, the whole players and Monty and everybody at MCG is often hanging out in chat. And so it's a good chance to like, react along with us and, um, you know, talk to us about it. So you get kind of one, like really focused, uh, interaction with all of MCG, which is super cool. So please come join us live in chat every Friday at a 7 PM Pacific, 9 PM central. Uh, that, that is interesting. It's actually the first time that I'm, I'm sure it exists and I just haven't been party to it, but it's one of the first things that I've seen kind of broadcast on Twitch that is pre-recorded, right? A lot of Twitch stuff is is live and i kind of just thought it was interesting yeah you know it's almost like the invisible sun tv show a little bit yeah it's 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 a different format where we're trying it out but what a great segue into my uh potty this week which is the <laughs> fact that uh i am running a totally live numenera campaign uh on Montica games stream uh so i'm gonna be jamming it i'm starting on my birthday february 27th which is the day after this episode drops, I believe. Um, and yeah, so please come watch. It, this will be at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, uh, if I'm doing my math right, which I often screw up. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited to be playing, running my very favorite game for its creators on Twitch. Uh, I'm like thrilled and terrified, and it's going to be really, really fun. So please come watch my new Air stream as well. Yay. Absolutely. That should be awesome. All right. So if you want to reach out to us with any of the things that we kind of talked about in the show or any other comments, uh, suggestions, or what have you, uh, you can always hit us up on Twitter at CypherSpeakPod. Um, and while you're there, you can feel free to cipher someone. So tweet at us with the cipher someone hashtag, and we'll do our, our best to give you a cipher sentence of your very own. And please send us your feedback um, on these episodes or the show itself. Uh, we would love it if you suggested things you'd like to hear us talk about. So suggesting artifacts, ciphers, and potties for us to give little shout outs at the end, of course. Um, you can uh, email us at cypherspeakpod at gmail.com. And you can go comment on individual episodes by going to cypherspeak.com, which redirects to our lovely Misdirected Mark podcast network. Um, we'd love it if you subscribe uh, to keep hearing our lovely cipher voices in your phones and other devices uh, every, every other week. Um, and we always love it when we get a rating on iTunes, which helps uh, new people find the show, which as Cypher System grows, um, is hopefully going to be more and more people. So yay. So Darcy, if you had to choose a point in the 80s to go back to, what point would it be? The fun one. <laughs> <laughs> Cypherspeak is a member of the Misdirected Mark Podcast Network, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Smasher. Oh, think. <laughs> Say this five times fast. Smasher, mover, thinker, changer. Dancer, pantser, <laughs> blitzen. <laughs>